Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Six, All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Mel Herbert here for the Talking Tesla podcast. We are going to do a new little thing here on Talking Tesla, and that is every month we're going to get the three guys together, the three idiots. We're going to talk about Tesla, and we're going to make fun of each other. It's going to be good times. But also between episodes, every now and then we're going to chuck in a tweener episode, something a little bit different, maybe an interview with an expert or something like that. And this month in July, Robert has two friends and they want to talk about how you road trip in a Tesla. And not just road trip, we're talking extreme road tripping. So enjoy this episode that we are calling a talking Tesla tweener, a TTT. I am Robert Rosenblum and I'm joined by uh, two guys who know a bit or two about Tesla. I'm Rob Jones. And I'm Nico Navolo. And these guys are kind of special. Special because they've probably spent more time in a Tesla collectively than Mel and I and Tom and our families and probably most all of the listeners on the show since all 25 of you uh, tune in every week. So let me start off by just giving a little introduction. Rob was one of the first people, maybe the first person, that I know of, who drove a Model 60 before there were superchargers to the four corners of the continental United States. I mean, like, really four corners. And he did it using, like, RV parks and wall plugs. And I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. And that was long ago. That was before I even bought my Model S in July or June. It was June of 2013. And I have a little story on that one, too. And Nico was a guy who was... Living the dream, working for Tesla. He's got stories that he can't tell me or somebody's <laughs> going to come and cut his head off. And then he quit and he's living in a Model X and he's living in the Model X and YouTubing about it. And I watched some of these YouTubes. Some of them are painful to consider, but, you know, it's kind of romantic and it's got me thinking, wow, do I want to give up my house and do I want to quit my job and do I want to go on a walkabout or I guess technically we'd have to call it a drive about <laughs> and so I thought this is summertime what's summertime good for road trips yeah road trips and vacations and adventures and you could get on an airplane and you could fly I don't know Hawaii the Caribbean wherever and burn a ton of carbon and then you get there and you live in a resort with a lot of air conditioning and all kinds of carbon being burnt on your behalf. And then you could rent a car and burn a ton more carbon. Or you could just get in your Tesla and plug it in and go around the country and have an adventure. And if you're in Europe, it seems like it would be even easier because the superchargers seem to be really high concentrated. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'd love to see Europe. Wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Except that I don't think we can plug our cars in there. No, 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 no. <laughs> so tell me, Nico, where did you sleep last night? 
That's a good question. I was uh, on my way here, and I slept in the Atascadero Supercharger parking lot. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's like a Starbucks There's there? a Denny's there. A Denny's. There's a Carl's Jr. I've, yeah, frequented that one. That one's like home number three okay um and they know you when you go in for your yeah. grand slam breakfast yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah at 4 a.m nice at 4 a.m yeah well they are open 24 hours aren't they i think so yeah a tuscadero is a cool place i know you probably slept in a structure rob i had about two and a half months of sleeping in the car uh, occasional hotel but i was on a uh extended road trip and there wasn't supercharging so it was reduced to just car camping and I, I brought a tent along with the idea of glam camping and you know making a big nice experience for my wife and i were actually the fiance at the time and then um it just became way easier just to sleep in the car actually i was going to introduce this as this you know i think you'd written it was a fifteen thousand mile road trip and he did it with two girls which i thought wow isn't that something i should like dream about <laughs> Your setup's not entirely well. It is accurate, technically. Uh, so is my fiance and our dog, our forty-pound, uh, highly excited guard dog throughout the night, growling at anything that moved. I see. I, I was yeah. No, I saw two girls' names, and I thought, wow, in a Model S, that's tight. <laughs> it uh, it's it, it was wet. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 yeah. The first word that came to mind was slobber, but I think that could be seen inappropriately. <laughs> I've since uh, sold that car, and I apologize to whomever did purchase it. Uh, there is probably a lingering odor of wet dog wet that dog. will never leave that car. Yeah. But I was actually shocked towards the end. I thought the leather interior was going to get trashed, but it totally held up. And, and this is an excited dog that would just hop around and just do her own thing. And it really, really. Like I was blown away by the quality of the car, yeah. And, and this is so. This is early 2013. I took delivery in January, and my wife, uh, she was laid off from a marquee hospital in Los Angeles. And I work in TV commercials, so it allows time to kind of travel, and that's the way I set up my life. And so suddenly she had free time. I was off. We were newly engaged, and so it became a let's take this time now because we may never have this again. Yeah. And then we we hit the road. We just said, all right, we're going to do a cross country, and we didn't set off with the idea of doing. Uh, it was actually the six farthest points in the U.S., so farthest east, farthest west, <laughs> and then uh, Key West, and then up through Maine. But basically, it just became a well. As long as we're here, might as well just head down to Key West. Mm -hmm. And then so it was just spending time together while, you know, I I'm. Absolutely convinced that every engaged couple should have to do a road trip. Like spending time, <laughs> absolute requirement. Like it is a necessity to do it, and especially in an electric vehicle, pre supercharging. <laughs> Before there was a battery guarantee that if the battery goes kaplunk, Tesla would take care of it. So we're still based on Roadster idea of if the battery goes to zero, you could brick it. So right. we were. It was all range anxiety was at a next level for us when we first set out. <laughs> and we never, we went below zero several times, like into the reserve, but we never, we never ran out. Wow. Yeah. Your stories gave me uh, faith when I took my car on a number of long trips. For example, we went to Boulder, Colorado and driving through Arizona. Uh, I didn't realize that the change in elevation from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon was so dramatic because mm. you go up like 6,000 feet, maybe actually larger because you're going up and down when you're in the mountain area. And uh, and I got down to uh, below zero. And I was saying to my family, it's okay. I know somebody who's done this. <laughs> and ever since then, I think that scar still remains. <laughs> yeah. But you got through it. 
I did. And, and that's and the thing. Did. It just that sense of, you know, that anxiety, it, it's only for people who don't have electric cars. Yeah. Once you have an electric car, you, you realize worst, absolutely worst case scenario, the car will alert you and let you know it's time to pull over. Like yeah. we're, we're pulling the plug on this. And absolutely worst case scenario, you just pull over and call a roadside. Right. So unless you're delivering a baby, <laughs> like there's, there's really, you know, people have this imagination of, you know, I need to get somewhere. But if you're on a road trip, those delays, those forced stops for right. charging, I mean, that's that's the adventure. Oh, like yeah. that's the real challenge. That's that's what's savory. And just so you know, you can look up Rob's story on the Tesla website. They have an area called Customer Stories, and it's called Cross Country Trip. And uh, I'm just thinking that uh, some of the stuff that was in there about how you would spend uh, a work day charging your car, eight hour charges. <laughs> so we were at campsite, so 40 amp, you know, 50 amp plugins, 40 amps coming to the car, and we had a 60 kilowatt. So I basically had about 200 miles of real range before I knew I had to start finding a place to plug in. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, in the U.S., there's a campsite pretty much every other exit on freeways once you get out of the major metropolitan areas. So there generally is somewhere to charge, even if you can't find supercharging. And it was just a matter of us uh, having an app called uh, RV Now, I think it was RV Parks. And we would just call ahead and just realize, okay, we're about 150 miles away. And then we would just basically pull, um, call ahead. And they, uh, they, at the time, were so excited to have an electric vehicle coming in. I, I had a kind of an idea or just a sense that they, in the industry, had heard about electric cars coming. And they were excited for it, and they were preparing for it, and then the cars never came. Hmm. The cars never came. And so I would call and say, hey, I have an electric car. I need to plug in. Do you have 50 amp available? And half the time, they wouldn't charge me. They were just so excited at the novelty of the cars coming through. And I'm sure that's lost now. Um, But (laughs) it's something where, I mean, on occasion, I had to pay for an entire campsite as if I was a huge RV, and that was a little more expensive. But for the most part, I mean, I was able to plug in most of the time for free. Yeah. And it was just a goodness of humanity. I mean, I, I've, I had a really, really wonderful experience with most of the RV park owners. That's really cool to know. And that is important because if you go on a vacation this summer or next summer in your EV and you're dependent on charging, if you leave the supercharger highway, that sort of established network or web of superchargers, you can see some amazing things. And so just... Last year, was it? Or two years ago, uh, the trip that I made to Boulder, we went up from the Grand Canyon up through Utah and went to Arches and to uh, Canyonlands. And all through this area, there were no superchargers. So we had to find an RV park. And, uh, and they were super gracious. They, we parked. They had somebody come up with like a, a little golf cart. And picked us up and brought us down to lunch. And we got to, we spent money in the gift shop. And, you know, I had no problem buying, you know, Native American kitsch and other cool stuff that was handcrafted from there. And it was just delightful. And it was a great way to spend probably five hours so we could charge up to get to the next supercharger. And isn't that the beauty of a road trip is to find the American kitsch? Like, isn't that the idealized notion of what the the road trip is, at least in the U.S., is finding the thing that only exists in that one place and the thing you didn't know going into it and to discover that Native American art or to discover the largest ball of twine, whatever it happens to be, it, it generally there's a campsite somewhere close by wherever that that just unique kitsch is. And that's that's the beauty of the road trip. The yeah. largest. And like you said, road trips, what's in between is what 
is most adventurous and superchargers make you have in-betweens. So you have to see what's upon your trip and it's, it's beautiful most of the time. Yeah. By the way, there are multiple largest balls of twine. I was going to say, that's like, I wonder if that should be on my bucket list. The largest, you know, seeing the largest chocolate bar, that that's definitely on my, I've seen the largest box of raisins. And that was, again, on one of these, now you're just bragging, oddball <laughs> trips. Yeah. You know, just taking the back roads, the country roads. And, and there are some apps and websites that you can use. I think EV Trip Planner was created by a teenager who was enamored with Tesla. And you can put in, like, how much luggage weighs and how many people are in your car and what they weigh. And if you like to drive the speed limit or 10% over, and it will help you to sort of map out a route so that you can still make it on whatever charge you have or get to the next charging point. And uh, and you can do it. And I've sat on that website at restaurants along the way, you know, basically just mapping out, can we get here? Can we see that too? And it becomes a really sweet adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because that's one of the main questions that I get all the time is, well, where are charging stations? Do you have to plan? Do you have to map? And I'm like, no, I don't. Not at all. And again, even if you do, it's still doable as a testament. You've done it even to the next degree. Yes. Or to the, yeah, (laughs) orders of magnitude. So you don't even leave your car to go home and grab your camping gear because you have it all with you. Yeah, my closet is definitely my passenger seat. Your so, passenger. I was yeah. going to say, what what do you keep in your frunk? Uh, actually, uh, pressurized water, my Yeti ice bag, not hard shelf because anything like malleable is great when you're living in a car and you have mm-hmm. little space because right. you can just crush something and shove it somewhere. Oh my gosh, it's a win. So those are the main two, and then of course like dishes and other things. But my trunk underneath my bed. I actually don't put anything above where I lay uh, because I have people in and out of my car. So I don't want it to be cluttered at all. I don't want people to basically know if they get in my car that someone's living in it. So you'd have no idea otherwise, except I'm pretty lazy most of the time. So you might if I don't clean up. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And that's really all you need. I mean, and we should probably say that you have a uh, five seat Model X. Yes, that's that's important <laughs> nuance. A five seat Model X being able to fold those seats down is game changing. Right. I mean, I saw I think another YouTuber uh, Bjorn. He posted sleeping in a Model X a six seater, and I was just like, uh, dude, that sounds terrible, and it looked terrible. Yeah, he was just like wedged in between the middle row two seats. I'm like, no man, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so there's like three different seating arrangements. In the X and only the five seat, which came out maybe two years ago or a year, two, a year and a half ago, could you actually fold the seats? And that's something we've talked about ad nauseum on the show, why the seats were fixed and prevent people from carrying loads of lumber and surfboards or whatever. But you've had you, you have some tips about using that folding seat option and the shelf in the back. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. My. As you alluded to earlier, one of my YouTube uh, videos, I talk about most of my failures that I've experienced just in the first like four months of living in my car. It's been nine months now, but there were uh, <laughs> there was a time when I was getting my closet organized and I was in the trunk and I was pushing all of my weight down 
and the little, I guess you would say... Like uh, side tabs. Yeah, the tabs that keep that little parcel uh, hovering, I guess, on top of those tabs. I just broke them, snapped right off. They're plastic. So the shelf didn't act as a shelf anymore. <laughs> it sort of sank down. Right. And so when you went to go sleep in the car... Your feet were uh, kind of dangling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of it looked like an escalator to me is the way I put it in my head. But it actually worked out. I just you know put stuff underneath the the parcel and lifted it up. So it all worked out until I got it fixed. Right. Um, and they fixed it with better better little tabs, mm-hmm. more structure, gridded. It looked like an engineer actually made them to withstand weight, which was nice. Yeah. And. Now I have a sturdier bed. Maybe maybe they got some of the uh, SpaceX folks to help. You know, they did those awesome grid fins for the new versions of the Falcon 9. Yeah, maybe they got some of the tech from that. Maybe it was SpaceX. Also maybe. titanium 3D printed, I'm Uh-oh. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> $7,000 tabs. <laughs> nice. Cost down, guys. Come on. Cost down. Remember that. You have a couple more tips for people who... Uh, and, and I would say that... So here... Uh, in this room, we're representing, represented by Tom. I'm sorry, you're standing in Tom's position, Rob, who slept in a Model S for umpteen nights. And then you, Nico, have slept in both an X and a 3. Correct. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking here for, you know, what are your top two or three tips for folks who are thinking, wow, maybe I will, you know, take my kid or my wife or my fiance or just by myself and take off for two weeks or a week or a month or what have you. Yeah. Um, well, since this would be a Tesla-oriented uh, tip, one, I suggest if you're in kind of a pinch and you need to sleep somewhere, and Walmart definitely does not attract me to want to sleep there. So what I do is in any city, if I can't find a campsite or I just you know didn't have the preparation to look into it beforehand, I just Google richest neighborhood in x city that i'm in and that makes it to where i can go somewhere very ninja like no one even knows i i arrive and then i leave without anyone knowing and if they see my car they're like oh nice car neighbor yeah and it's silent so yeah you could arrive after hours and no uh to disturb anybody that's right that's right so that would be that would be one tip um, if you're Tesla road tripping and you need a place to stay quickly. And then the other one is if you don't want to continuously be eating out, which I've had a terrible habit of doing, mm-hmm. and I'm recently breaking that habit, which is nice, just have pressurized water. It makes a difference in terms of being able to cook and clean. It just really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And so I have this, gosh, I don't know the name. They don't sponsor me anyway. So, um, <laughs> but it is a container that has, it receives pressure uh, when you hook it up to a hose mm-hmm. and it maintains that pressure for months on end. And it, I think it's two gallons or something, but significant, significant if you want to cook your own food. Right. Yeah. Those would be two really big tips that I think cover the main thing that, oh, and of course, showering and stuff. That's the number one question. But there are gyms all across the nation, sometimes with just a singular guest pass Mm -hmm. to shower. 24-hour fitnesses are not further than Colorado if you're coming from the West Coast. Just keep that in mind. So they they exist in the West. 
Right. And very, very on the east, but nowhere in the middle. Okay. And I think that's because Gold's Gym bought them out. But anyways, I smelt terrible for a few weeks. Mm. Um, and it's when, when you were in the middle? <laughs> when I was in the middle. <laughs> exactly. So just rec centers, those, will, those worked. Um, I did that once. And just get guest passes at gyms. Yeah. Or hostels, maybe. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I did that once with a backpack across Asia. Europe that was Asia. a lot of fun. Europe and Asia works, works better with hostels. Right. I don't think America's on that same game. That's but, right. Well, yeah. if you're glamping through Tokyo, you can go to the youth hostel there, and they have like a, uh, an onsen. I think it was on like the 12th or the 15th floor, surrounded by windows. So you could go into the hot bath and look out at the twinkling lights of Tokyo all around you. Not bad. It was pretty sweet for like whatever it was at the time, 36 bucks a night. That sounds like the most ideal hostel in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was great. I, I think I spent a good week there. They kick you out after a while, though. So what is your setup, uh, Nico, what is your setup for sleeping? Meaning, do you have curtains? Do you have suction cups? Like, how, how do you keep the world out and keep your space private? Yeah, uh, great question. Especially when you're in music festivals. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, luckily, I had tint on my car upon delivery. Shh, don't tell anyone. That was, not, that was awesome. There was an awesome gift from the gods. And it was very well tinted. So thanks to the, to the previous owner. I really appreciate you. And I started out with just doing suction cups and fabric mm -hmm. for the first half of ownership. The last four or five months, I moved on to... Actually, I kind of do a hybrid. I, one window I might do with the suction cups, but the other one I'll use the Reflectix because mm -hmm. that's also really nice for insulation. And if you're in a very hot city, it's so nice waking up and you just can feel the Reflectix, Reflectix on fire, mm. but it's not touching you. And it does help when you're in like Nevada. Right. So that so that's is a Reflectix. Is it a foam? Is it what what it what's a material like? What is it? You can cut it. It's like a, it's sturdy, kind of like a it's like cardboard um, in terms of how the structure is, but it's more plasticky and aluminum-y. It's reflectic. Does it roll, or you have to yes. keep it flat? Uh, I keep it flat, but it, you can roll it. Yeah, I haven't even rolled it, but uh, the flatness seems to work better. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of windows. You've got the side <laughs> windows, the rear window. You've got the wing top windows and the wing side windows. A lot of windows. Yeah, it, it can definitely seem like a glass pot, especially from the driver's or passenger seat. But the Alcantara and the depthfulness of the ceiling and how much insulation and room there is between the Alcantara and the actual glass is pretty great. So it adds this depthful, spacious feel. Mm -hmm. And unlike when I was camping in the Model 3 across the country, I had put my head in the trunk. I don't know why for the first couple of days and I hated it. So I flipped and realized that did not sit well with me at all. And I'm not even claustrophobic, but I suggest it's a bit not. coffin. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, what I have on my car that I've used ever since I lived in Fresno was WeatherTech are these roll up reflective window shades. And they're really good, except now with my S, I have the all glass roof. So I could use like, you know, an eight foot long stretch of the stuff to put above me because if you leave the car sitting out in the warm weather, it gets pretty darn hot in there. I have to remind myself to kick on the AC from wherever I'm at 
15 minutes before I go to the car. Yeah, and and something about the AC, and a lot of people ask me, what do I do about um, the temperature in the car? Right. Well, the car will stay on for the 30 minutes before it shuts off. Mm -hmm. And that usually is enough time for it to be fine because... I'm not going somewhere that's just terrible weather. I'm not going somewhere that's 100 degrees. Right. Unless I have to and I'm stuck on my way somewhere else, mm-hmm. which is nice. But I have used camping mode a couple of times, and it does it does help a lot when you need it. So. so you can. And I know, Rob, you were talking about doing this when you were on your trip, sleeping with the car plugged in and the heater on, mm-hmm. or maybe the AC on. And then that went away. And now, is it back? Well, there's now um, basically camping mode where okay. uh, when I went on my trip, basically the car would continue while charging. The car would basically keep the heater AC on, generally needed the heater at night for maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then basically I would reach up uh, and then have to touch the MCU, the screen, and then that would reactivate the car, let the car know somebody was still in it. Right. And then it would uh, basically kick the heater back on. But it's it, a shame it was, you, couldn't, you couldn't get Maggie to do that for you. <laughs> <sighs> Stupid dog trick, not. I, I'm just thinking about what the bezel would have looked like, the uh, <laughs> the, the aluminum yeah. and the chrome all slobber. around it. Slobber, more um, slobber. But um, so what has changed, and beautifully so, is uh, the engineers coded in uh, a way to keep your heater running while you're still, basically while it doesn't sense anybody's in the car. Right. So there's cabin overheat protection, so dog safe mode. So theoretically, the car won't get above, I think it's 110 degrees, but I'm sure one of your listeners will correct us. And then now that's only good if you're like into hot yoga in your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. definitely um, beyond past where comfortable leaves to um, yeah, where I'd rather be anywhere else in the world than um, that pit of hell. But <laughs> it, it's something where. Uh, but now, if you basically turn on your air conditioning, um, if you activate your air conditioning in the bottom, you can see where in the very bottom of the screen that'll come up. It'll say, uh, "Do you want to leave the air conditioning on?" Right. And I believe that resets maybe every time you put it in park. But okay. that allows you to basically keep the car um, air conditioning running at that temperature. So the, the MCU will shut down. No one will know that basically you're in the car, but it'll keep it at a much more comfortable position. So this winter, I went skiing up in Mammoth Mountain, mm-hmm. and um, basically I was in a campsite, plugged in again, and then I was able to um, keep the car really, really nice and uh, toasty. And it's something where I can't imagine. I had all the sleeping bags. I was ready to go, but it, I didn't need any of it. I basically was able just to sleep in the car as if it was about 70 degrees, and it was probably below zero. I outside of the car so that mode alone alone allowed camping to become so much easier so this is where the window shades really come in handy because you're probably in your boxers laying out in your car um complaining how hot it is inside the car yeah my gosh you know i should actually turn that 76 down to 72 but i have to get out move or something it's yeah challenging i guess now you could use your phone as long as you have internet connection to your phone and you're not off in some, you know, far from the cell tower area, we don't yet have a Bluetooth connection between the app and the car. But that's coming soon. Yes. So, damn, you know, it's like I feel like saying, oh, I remember when it was much more <laughs> challenging. You had to teach your dog to wake the car up to stay warm all night. Now um, you just use your cell phone. I literally in that article or I actually refer to like I know it soon this will be a back in my day and i'm just unbelievably amazed how quickly the like supercharging network rolled out because when i started there was just la to san francisco there's five chargers and then uh east coast got two chargers while we were on our trip and that was it and then you look at things five years later and it, it is a solid five years and now you can pretty much drive anywhere in the country and find 
charging, especially with the destination charging as well. And that's like that's such an amazing quick rollout. Like I, I don't think, I mean, I can't imagine what it would have taken to roll that many gas stations out throughout the U.S. Right. I mean, it, it's actually probably much more expensive to build a gas station from scratch than to put in a supercharger. And I'm sure Toyota will learn what it'll take to put a hydrogen network in place. <laughs> uh, we won't go there since that's they've since uh, I guess it was Honda that's now converted the Clarity into an EV, and they're selling more of those than they are of any of the other versions. Good luck on that. Yeah. And so, uh, how about you know like other amenities? Like I don't know. I just think back. There was once uh, a series of movies that Dean Martin was in. He was a, a spy, like James Bond. But he had a station wagon, and his station wagon was all decked out. I, you know, I can't get pictures of it here, but basically he seduced women in his station wagon on a regular basis. And he had a wet bar in there. There were candles. It had suave music. I mean, how close have you guys gotten to any of that? Oh, no, I wasn't the first one to come up with candles. Damn. Yeah, that was in the 60s. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. But, you know, he was, you know, ahead of his time. But Nico, describe um, if you let's say you're at a music festival and you're just meeting other <laughs> millennials, and you're just, you know, and then you're inviting her back to your place, and she's expecting you know it's a music festival. I presume a tent. She's probably wowed by the Tesla, and and do you roll do you roll out the the, the living room furniture then? Like how does that work? <laughs> the living room furniture is just the patio. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it it it's great, especially at a music festival. It's it's a uh, it's a novelty for people. You know, my buddy actually, uh, he was, you know, went through a long and treacherous evening, and I knew he needed to revive and uh, mm-hmm. reset and revive. So I actually let him uh, crash in there. I was like, dude, you need to go and be away from the heat and come out of this alive so just go in there take a couple couple hours and everything will be okay and he just came out he's like oh my god dude you saved me (laughs) (laughs) so it serves as a motel now now it exactly airbnb (laughs) tesla van life cool well let's see uh i'm thinking around like food wise if somebody wanted to go camping when i went camping in my original whatever gen one model s i found that the frunk was the perfect place to stash a couple bags of food now the frunk has gotten smaller over the years where do you keep your food i'm just thinking where does all this stuff fit yeah uh that's that's where the yeti ice bag comes in um it you know not that much it can it can hold but you're cooking for small bouts of time you know, it's going to be just two or three days and then just re-up. And that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not... And, and a lot of dry food. A lot of dry food. Uh, dry food. And this is something that even van lifers kind of showed me is always have something that you can eat and not pull out your entire kit to eat. Okay. So So a lot of, you know, nuts and fruits and bars and things of that nature and just literally spoon inside a peanut butter jar and that's just saving me yeah i was telling you yesterday that i got on this uh deep hole deep rabbit hole of watching (laughs) videos about van life which did kind of inspire me and and it seems that everybody who really has it together has a fruit hammock where's your fruit (laughs) hammock so it's in my logo 
Um, and that's about as far as it goes. Uh, yeah, in my logo, the hammock dangles from the falcon wing doors, and people actually ask me, oh, do you actually sit in that? I'm like, no, it can't hold. The door can't hold any weight. And Yeah, so, don't get us started about yeah. the doors. <laughs> I did try to do a pull-up once on it, and uh, for the picture it worked. But, yeah, no, I, I you know, my my Tesla pod is comfortable enough. I don't, you know, I'm pretty content with being in there. And I would imagine the fruit hammock would go against your idea of keeping the car as if nobody's living in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, meaning just it's clean and, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen your car and you would have no idea that um, somebody resides at that address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where does the mailman or the Amazon guy find you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, just give them my license plate number and say, just get the drone out and find me. No, I uh, I do have a P.O. box in the Bay Area. Okay. Where I try to spend most of my time, but it doesn't work out that way. Because why not be everywhere? Yeah. And that's when I order something that I really need, I'll go back and grab it or, you know, when I'm in the area. So that's, that's what I do for mail. Okay. And Robert, if you want to deep dive into a ridiculous rabbit hole look up location independent and there's an entire lifestyle based on living uh working uh still remotely but with the ability to live anywhere in the world and so what a lot of people who are location independent will do is create a p.o box and the p.o box will actually scan all the mail so they'll send you say something saying you have five items one's a bank statement you're like well that's online i don't need it and then there's something from the tax office and then you'll basically check and say send me this and then the P.O. box will scan it for you and send it to you. So that way you never actually have to show up at that physical address. Fascinating. I guess that's uh, my term because I'm rather locked down. <laughs> but that's a cool idea. You know, you could have, you know, I work from this Pete's Coffee on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And you might find me at that Starbucks on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. and, and you have your circuit. Yeah. And thinking about, you know, a lot of folks who retire definitely do this. You guys are definitely not in that category. Although, I don't know if your Tesla stocks have vested and you could retire. I'm envious. <laughs> but folks do this. You know, they cycle through the country based on the weather and the weather patterns, which... Snowbirds. Yeah. Now, I think, becomes a little bit more difficult since the weather patterns are getting a little more upset. I wonder why. Well, yeah. because they're doing it in enormous RVs. And I love RV parks, but um, the RVs can get a bit smaller. Nobody needs uh, 4,000 square feet. So when the semi comes out, who's going to grab a semi Me. for a camping life independent <laughs> setup? Yeah, that's my goal. Really? Yeah. Wow. It would be rad, huh? Going large. Oh, always. America, right? Right. I mean, you could have like a traveling hotel. You could show up in a town and say, I'm going to be in uh, Scottsdale during the winter. And who wants to come? Live in the Tesla hotel. I'll, I'll back my Roadster out of the semi and let people rent out the semi to sleep in. Really give them the experience. Maybe give them a test drive in the Roadster as well, but we'll see. Nice. Will you live out of your Roadster as well? I. What, <laughs> the initial idea, right, was to drive the Roadster and have whatever other homestead follow me in autopilot. Ah, now, that would be it. Platooning. Right? Ooh. Right. Have your ex just follow you. And then when you get to the supercharger, you're going to be like, I need two spaces. Oh, no, because the Rosa's going to go a lot farther than my car. That's true. I guess you could then you could tether them and transfer charge. All right. Now we're talking. Come on, Elon. Where are you? 
Well, that was what the latest with the pickup truck is having 240 charging in order to run power tools. But could I then plug my yeah. car in and charge 40 amps? <laughs> right. As you're towing car, it. As I'm towing it. Yes, absolutely. Or your jet ski or your yeah. electric motorcycle. I've been on this kick today and yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started. I want to tow an electric motorcycle so badly on the back of my home. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say like a, an electric one-person drone, but you know, this gives us lots of topics to touch back upon. Maybe next summer we can talk about <laughs> what has developed further and what other great adventures we can get ourselves into. Oh, yes. Well, that's great. It's good to have you guys. I look forward to hearing more. I, uh, I'm actually going to go on a, I think it's almost two-week trip in July going to grab my son and we're going to go. And I'm not sure how much we're going to sleep in the car, but now I'm really thinking about it. I'm going to get my thermarests out and uh, I just have to deal with that lip that occurs between the back seat mm. when you fold it down in the S and the trunk space. There's like a drop a of bit. about an inch or so. Get two inflatable mattresses, yeah. uh, meaning like camping thermarests basically, and yeah. just fold them over and then you can inflate it to that height yeah. and that will basically fill that space in. Uh, okay. Unless you have next gens, uh, which I do on my current Model S, and uh, that's just really uncomfortable because they they don't lie flat at all. Yeah. Hmm. What doesn't lie flat? Uh, ne next gen seats. Oh, so, I haven't tried. I've got the fairly. Mine is about a year. Your year old. Yours should lie flat. Okay. Okay. I, I know how your old yours was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Was there you were delivery. there when I picked it up, and you drove me there. In your roadster. I did. That was a pretty oh, sweet. Oh, love it. That was a good day. And if your son misbehaves at all, just put him in the passenger seat. Yeah. That's where he sleeps. Fold it all up. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the problem is that my son is taller than Rob. And oh, so boy. we're all standing here. You know, we had to do a major readjustment of all the mics because I'm like 6'4". Rob, you're six, six, three and a half, four, four. Oh, I thought you were taller. I was actually. I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> and, and, and Nico's about twice as tall as Mel. So we really had to do a major adjustment here just to get this show to you. Do you have another level than just twice as tall as Mel? <laughs> uh, well, there's three times as tall as Mel. That, that's, you know, that's Trey's Mel's. That's somebody on like, you know, the Lakers. We love Mel. Thank you, Mel, for setting up the show today for us. <laughs> had to get one dig in. Yeah. Talk about this very important topic, which is you're exercising during the day, you're getting your, your sweat on, and you're replenishing your electrolytes, and you're drinking plenty of water, you know, maybe some bone broth, whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, one in the morning, it's kind of cold outside, you're cozy in your Model X, Nico, and the urge hits. Well... In terms of going to the bathroom, what do you do when you go to the bathroom? What do I do? Well, for one, if you have seen my video where I talk about my unfortunate uh, run-in with... I wouldn't exactly call it a run-in. <laughs> you're right. An expel... Uh, a cut loose? Yeah, a cut loose. A I cut think you're loose. Right. We'll just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I do most of the time uh, urinate in a bottle. Mm. Uh, it, honestly, when I started living in my car... I got so happy that I don't have to feel bad about finally doing that because mm. I've always thought about it. It'd be cold in the middle of the night and I'd be in my room and I'd be like, gosh, there's a bottle right there. But then you just kind of think about it and you go, you know what? I'm civilized. I'm going to go into the bathroom and withstand this freezing floor. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting having been an intern 
and a physician who sleeps in call rooms that are not often well designed like they were once a closet. And somebody threw a bunk bed in it, and the nearest bathroom is, like, down a corridor. And if you're not dressed like a doctor, you're not likely to go padding barefoot in your boxers down the floor past, you know, the tuberculosis ward to take a leak. So the bottle, what, do you have a brand that you like? (laughs) Nothing sponsorship. I know. (laughs) Oh, I should say yes. I guess size is what really matters. (laughs) I personally found Gatorade. Gatorade bottles have a nice wide lip, which allows greater room for error. Right. Not, 100%. Not- Especially because at night, you don't have light. Mm. So it does make it easy. You just kind of throw it on the hip and you just get it over there and uh, bada bang, bada boom. But then the question comes, what do you what do, do you do when you the have bottle? to go to the... What? Bada bing, bada, bada boom. boom. What, 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 bada what are you implying? Bada 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 I don't know. I don't know. But when you have to go number two, the question becomes, what do you do? Mm. And really... Now think sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nicest RV that you can possibly think of, that's where I go. I ask people around. No, I, um, if I, you know, gas stations are open. Right. And 24-hour gyms. This is really, those are where, and, and luckily, I'm not as old as these guys yet. And mm. I can control my bodily functions. Uh, and, and you're pointing at both Robert and I. <laughs> nice. Post 40. Post. Yeah. Let's go with post 40. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when I was, uh, I, I did a lot of backpacking and, and camping and mountaineering. And we used to uh, carry Nalgene bottles, which were very handy. Wide mouth, as you say. A leader. <laughs> The problem that I discovered firsthand was that, you know, it's the night you're in a in a snowbound place in a in a very nice warm sleeping bag, and you manage to do exactly what you described. You unzip a bada bit, bing, bada boom. You, you lean to the side exactly, and then sometime later in the night, you realize you're at altitude. Your mouth is parched. You're really thirsty, oh, and you don't really want to wake up. But you're reaching around for bottles, and you find a bottle that's full. And so the trick is this, modify the cap. So on a Nalgene, you could notch the cap with a knife without cutting all the way through it so that if you start to unscrew your bottle and you feel a notch, you must re-tighten the bottle and find (laughs) another bottle. It's perfect. The haptic feedback for knowing that it's a piss bottle versus a drinking bottle. Yeah, so that's, that's a glorious tip that I'm glad we covered I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, wait till we have branded Tesla glamping bottles. Oh. For pissing. Yeah, for pissing. Exactly. (laughs) All right, uh, Talking Tesla Nation, get to Twitter now and make this happen. (laughs) Come on, guys. Everyone, at Elon Musk, Tesla piss bottles. Hashtag Tesla piss bottle. Excellent. So I want to know specifically... What are you sleeping on? Because if I go ahead and make an investment in some kind of a mattress or a or a blow-up thing, I want to have a comfortable night's sleep. Yeah, I think the go-to is air mattresses. Mm-hmm. They mold to where they are, which uh, makes it easier for dimensions, mm-hmm. which I believe Rob's did on his trip. I did. We just went to like literally a Walmart and picked up a Coleman um, because basically those mattresses will pop. Like, there's no way you're going to sleep on them in the car with the dog and not have it get torn up eventually. So I just went cheap and just went replaceable. The downside of that is if you're going to be like Nico and try to keep your car uh, as if it's a car and not an, an apartment, you're going to have to run that air compressor. 
uh, hmm. each night. So the whole idea of your you know sneaking into the richest neighborhood <laughs> in any zip code and then firing up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, it's just a flat tire. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. be good. I'm good. Um, then they would assume mobile service would be on its way. Um, so basically, it's uh, it's fine for a campsite. People expect that noise, but um, the inflatables. I I mean, I don't necessarily would work for your for your situation, right? And I don't actually use inflatable. I um, but many yeah, many campers Tesla camping. That's a thing to do. Yeah, but I use a. Tempurpedic topper. There's mm-hmm. a lot of toppers out there. There's like the more flat feather ones, blah blah blah, and it works. But you sink down a little too far if you're, a, especially if you're a side sleeper, uh, as I am. And so you are on the plank of the trunk. But I put like a blanket underneath, kind of soften that up a little bit. But people could use something from REI or what have you, whatever, something to just help with that sinkage of the topper. Uh, and there's also this product that some company is coming out with that's Tesla specific that you can just open up a case and unravel this mattress. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it on the show and it's nice. It's called a um, dream case. Dream case. It's kind of hard shelled. It would definitely be challenging to stash that in a in a way to give you more room or, or not take up too much room. But the nice thing about it is that it already took care of the change in the how would I say, the layout of the back of your vehicle, be it an X or an S. It took care of the steps that occur between the different parts of the back when you fold seats down. And you're talking about, and we're not sponsored by any of these guys, but the Temper Topper Supreme Memory Foam Mattress Topper. I'm just looking it up. It's three inches thick, just to give you a sense for how thick it is. And you said that when you lay on your side, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, you're you're gonna you know you're gonna sink into it a little bit, and yeah. so try to get something underneath you. And the but again, back to the benefit of it is it folds very easily. It's just like a trifold mm-hmm. is what I do. You could probably roll it up, but trifold is great because you can just put something heavy on top of it and kind of stash it up against your middle row, and it's still leaves plenty enough room for right. many things. So. And my son let me know that uh, he slept on a wood platform bed and only used like an Ikea mattress topper, which I'm looking up here, this one called Tangier. It's six centimeters thick. And then he put another small topper on top of that. And he seemed to be very comfortable. I actually fell asleep on his bed once or twice. And I was impressed. It was actually quite easy. Um, maybe some combination, though, of a blow-up to sort of prevent that that hard point. Uh, or the seats fold, the fulcrum. Yeah, to deal with that and also to kind of keep your hips from digging down. On something hard, flat right. and hard, which is kind of what I was alluding at. There are these very thin blow-up um, type of mattresses that are really well made um and that you can find them in rei they're probably a half inch to an inch and i i'm thinking about doing that and putting that underneath the uh, topper but i'm just worried it might have a weird kind of reaction so i'm i don't know i'm gonna i'll figure something out but those are actually the tempurpedic ones and rei have have their own brands um basically they're made for the bottom of the sleeping bag and some sleeping bags have uh, basically a pouch it goes into what's nice about a lot of those is they uh as soon as you open the valve on it, they'll automatically 
roll out and fill up. Right. Uh, so basically, there's a, the, there's a foam inside that'll start expanding. Mm-hmm. So it'll save the problem from having the air compressor noise. Uh, it won't take up the entire space, but where you're generally sleeping, it'll keep it nice and uh, it'll add a lot of padding to where you are in particular. Yes, I definitely need to investigate that for sure. And one good thing about REI is they stand behind their pro- products, much like another company we typically talk about here. <laughs> And you can get things replaced. They also, you know, having a patch kit would be key. I've used the REI. They have a a pretty good at least inch to inch and a half thick foam pad. I've slept on that, you know, when we go to like Yosemite. And it's actually really impressively comfortable. So I'm sure that there's a good mix. If you have figured out one for yourself out there and talking Tesla Nation, send us a line with your recommendations or hit me up on Twitter at R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L. The REI may no longer stand behind water bottles with notches in their lids. <laughs> That's true. They may refuse. They say, yeah, we heard that on your, your podcast. We're going to uh, eliminate. you're advocating using your Tesla as a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag van life. That's right. That's exactly right. Excellent. Cost of living. San oh, Francisco. right. Yeah. That was the other topic. Yeah. Basically, why are you doing this, Nico? <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, God, a Model X, that's a freaking expensive car. And so, you know, this is like living off of the, not off the grid exactly, but kind of living off for really rich people, right, Nico? You are you inherited, what, $10 million and allows <laughs> you to do this? I sure wish. No, I uh, did stumble upon uh, a good deal on the car. I mean, also, you can find used uh, Teslas at pretty reasonable prices although today we looked up on the tesla inventory search website eric's website and there were only two model x's come on product team for sale yeah there was like a p90dx and it's ninety seven thousand dollars with twenty three thousand miles on it ouch but if i was to lease that or I, i guess i would own it and make payments on it and my insurance payments how does that compare to like an apartment in uh yeah. Any major city. Yeah, no, that's that's really what it comes down to is, is it worthwhile? Uh, that's what it came down for me, especially. And everyone has two payments. It's assumed, especially if you're in California or anywhere where you need to drive around. Um, so you have a car payment and you have gas payments and you have maintenance payments. And insurance. you also have rent and insurance and everything that comes along with it. So I just figured, let's just wrap all of that into one. And I'm saving a few hundred dollars. I was paying... Every month. Yeah. I was paying about $1,500 for an apartment in the Bay Area. That you were sharing? uh, I was not sharing. I was not sharing that. Well, that's a great deal. Yeah. Right. I mean, even that, $1,500, I feel like I kind of got a steal. It wasn't in SF, San Francisco, but it, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still like doing better than I was living in an apartment and I'm doing way more things and meeting awesome people. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. And you're not paying for gas. There you go. I haven't been paying for gas for like three years. I owned an electric Fiat for those three years. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> but a Fiat's not a Tesla. I'm sorry. No, it'd be challenging to sleep in a Fiat unless you're like particularly small, like someone we know. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to sum it up, you're saying the financially prudent thing to do is buy a used Model X, dump the house payment, dump the mortgage, 
dump the rental payment, dump, dump your kids, dump the kids, dump the private school, dump the the wife, <laughs> and hit the road. Hit the, find the superchargers and never look back. Yes, your home will become the superchargers. Well, maybe you can. You know, every week. Or not every week anymore, but once a month, I do sort of a supercharger report. And I have a lot of fun sort of living vicariously through the superchargers that open around the world. And now you can actually push the boundaries of Tesla van life as superchargers open up on, let's say, the, you know, the Trans-Canada Highway up towards Alaska or down into Mexico towards South America. And it would be cool. Oh, it's uh, the expansion is really (laughs) so makes it so much easier. I mean, people freak out about range all the time, but I'm like, yeah, Tesla's not going to stop making superchargers. So I'm I already drove across country once in a Model 3, zero issues. And I've already put 25,000 miles on my Model X and it's been eight, nine months and never ran out of charge. So it's only going to be easier as time moves forward. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to you kind of feedback to me on any good superchargers uh, because, again, as we have more superchargers open, I'd be really curious to know which ones are really great Close to this great attraction, I've always advocated for sort of a Tesla travel log type website where you could, you know, plan your next vacation. Oh, here's a whole list of places on my bucket list. And these are the superchargers you need to go to to get to them and kind of lay your vacation out and your charging route at the same time. Yeah. Cool. It was great to have you. And I look forward, like I say, maybe we'll talk again next summer. And uh, I'll watch your Nico. I'm pointing at Nico. See, this is something we did last week that was a problem. Pointing at Nico saying, I'm looking forward to watching your YouTube channel. What's it called? Tesla Van Life, one word. Tesla Van Life. It almost sounds Scandinavian. (laughs) I wish I was living in that area with a Tesla. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe you're going to have to expand in uh, in season two or three. You're going to have to do Tesla Van Life Europe. I love it. I love it. And Rob, we'll be watching for you. I'm not sure where. I'll wait for you to publish another story on the (laughs) Tesla website. I look forward to that as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, good to have you guys. That's uh, Talking Tesla. If you like the show, then subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're thinking of buying an S or an X, you can use either Tom's or my code so that either one of us could maybe get a Powerwall. I think we were kind of angling for that now. We're nowhere near all those guys who have one or two roadsters in the bank. Although it would be pretty sweet to have a roadster. Then when I see you out on the road, Nico, and you, Rob, I can feel as cool as you two with roadster. All right, we're out. All right, so this is just a little bit of a wrap-up. We've been sitting here, uh, Rob and I, we've, we've had Nico in a headlock and a half Nelson. And finally, after he became very diaphoretic and nauseated and feeling like he couldn't handle it anymore, he decided he would divulge an Elon story to us. Yes, the day that I met Elon, 
Uh, dun, 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 dun. Yes, that's exactly right. And and ironically enough, Robs was actually there for that meeting and watched my 21 year old self have a little bit of a uh, moment with uh, Uncle E, as people like to call him. And I am going to be releasing uh, the video and the story about when I met Elon uh, on Monday. What the I don't know what the date is. It's okay. It's in a couple days, but yes. you know, you could be listening to this in, you know, 2020. Yes, you'll see it online. So it'll be online on your be. YouTube channel. On my YouTube channel, Tesla Van Life. Really? Uncle Elon? No one calls him that. No. Uncle E? Uncle E. Uncle E. Uncle E. A lot of people do. Uncle E. It's, it's actually public, too. It I saw someone talk about it. Rolls off the tongue. And I'm like, damn, I wanted to be the first one. To, to call him Uncle Lee. Call, yeah. I, I have never heard it. So I have to say that this is it. It is. I will make it. Talking Tesla. That's right. You've heard it here. <laughs> Uncle Lee. That's exactly And you know right. what today is? It is his birthday. Today you is Uncle Lee's birthday. Correct. So Uncle Lee, happy birthday, sir. Happy 47th. Yeah. High five. Out. <laughs>